This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, praise God for those of you that weren't here this morning. We've got uh, one of our, our best friends here in town to, uh, with us this weekend, Reverend Brian Bester from Branson, Missouri. Came all the way out here from the Ozark Mountains to, to <laughs> preach the word to us. So anyway, we had a great time this morning. It was just a good kickoff. And so he's going to pick up tonight where he left off this morning, it sounds like, and uh, and just going to light us up again. So Amen. let's give a warm Barstow welcome, right, to Brian Besser. Come on, brother. Yeah. Love you, man. I've had a blast. This has been awesome. Your turn to come out, buddy. That's good. Hallelujah. Come on, don't give up now. <laughs> Come on. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Somebody's kingdom. Isn't it nice when the kingdom of God comes and we get encounters with the kingdom? Amen. Beautiful worship. We could have stayed right in that vein. Uh, but there's some Word of God stuff tonight that we're going to go over and get into. We're going to go to John 4, get ready for that. I want to say thank you so much. I feel like I'm kind of yelling. Could I get just a little bit more without the feedback? I appreciate that, guys. Are you thankful for a good church body tonight? Amen? Isn't God good? Well, Levi and Barbara say hello to everybody tonight. They're back in... Uh, Levi just got back uh, into Branson from Santa Barbara. He flew out and spent some time with... Uh, a school trip, and he was doing some of that, and he's back at Branson. He said, Dad, he says, when I was coming back, there was some turbulence in the airplane. He said, some some ladies behind him puked, and they puked all over him. So I said, welcome to traveling, buddy. Welcome to traveling. But he said it was good. Other than that situation, Levi's doing great, and he says hi tonight. I want to tell you something. God is so good. He is about ready to pour out some things upon this city, um, that he's never been able to do before because he has to find a place to do it. Uh, when we are operating in the kingdom, how many know there's two kingdoms? There's a kingdom of the world, and then there's a kingdom of God. And we are a part of a different kingdom. I love what 1 Peter 2.9 says. It says we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And then it says we're a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of him. And then I love this. Who hath called us out of darkness, come on somebody, and into his marvelous light. How many know the light is better than the dark? When we find light on something, it is so awesome to have that light in our lives. So we've been literally translated from one kingdom to a new kingdom. And the challenge sometimes is that in this world that we live in, come on, how many know we live in a crazy world? There's a temptation to conform to the world. That means to try to be like the world. And we're talking about kingdom tonight. This morning we did, a, we, we looked into something that where the Holy Spirit, through the feet and the, the mouth of Jesus, it says that He went about doing good. We kind of found out this morning that we went mobile. That the Holy Ghost and power is not reserved for a denomination. It's not reserved for a, a certain people, but it's reserved for the temple of the Holy Ghost, and that is you. Amen? So this Holy Spirit, this kingdom of God, can actually abide in you. I don't think you heard me tonight. Come on. Come on. We're just getting warmed up, right? 
Is that exciting news? To just think about that for a moment will just kind of spin your mind. It's like, whoa, it's probably just so big. But the kingdom of God actually resides in us. That is epically, beautifully amazing. To know that God has given us something in this dark world in the way of the kingdom to be able to walk around with this thing. So I like to say it like this. If you've ever wanted to go viral, now's the time. You're a kingdom carrier. A virus has to have a host. You know, a host has to have a body. It has to have something that carries it. Well, how much? How many? <laughs> Some of you looking at me like you're talking about viruses tonight. Come on. Just give me a chance here. But how many of you know a virus from the world is nasty? A dark old virus. But how many of you know the Holy Ghost and power is a good thing to carry? Come on. So all it is is we, we talked this morning, we're just viral. There's something about us and something in us, the law of attraction. Turn to your neighbor and say, law of attraction. It just simply means this. When you go somewhere <laughs> in this city, you got something. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got something. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're just full of it, aren't you? Come on. <laughs> be careful, be careful. So we began to, 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 to take note and to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us something that we're different. That we have come from something, come on, and we've come into something new. I have good news for some of you today. We've got to stop looking back at everything God's taken us out of. That's good. But I'm telling you something, He wants to take us to something too. Amen. So once we have our testimony locked in and we say, yes, he's taken me out over here. He's bringing me into the best days of, um, of my life. Amen. I like to say it like this. This good news and this kingdom is so good. It's too good to hold back. It's too good to not tell somebody. Now, listen, here's the challenge. You can't operate in two kingdoms. There's millions of Christians right now that don't understand the principle of kingdom business. And so they live one way on Sunday. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And then Monday morning, they're going right back into the world, speaking bad, doing their thing. How many of you know God wants to get us to a place, come on, of maturity? And He wants us to grow up. You know, you can't drink milk your whole life. How many of you know you like some steak once in a while? Texas Roadhouse, somebody. Come on, right? Had that this week with pastors. I mean, that is some steak, man. You get that in, just take your time. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. How about that pulled pork today? We got some meat. Meat makes you grow. So we've got to grow up in some areas. If we want to operate fully in the kingdom, we got to receive that into our lives. Amen? So we kind of had that talk this morning about kingdom business. Tonight, I wanted to let you know a little bit, and through the Word of God, what the characteristics of a kingdom are. Because I truly believe once you get stirred up and you know what you have, you're going to want to use it. Amen? The biggest travesty in the body of Christ right now is unused power. Can you imagine not using what God gave us? That'd be a bad thing. It'd be kind of like, you know, having a fan in the summertime in Barstow. You need the fan, but you don't know how to plug it in. Come on, somebody. 
That would be not good, right? So all we're doing is we're saying this. We're plugging in to the Holy Ghost. We're plugging in to the power and to the kingdom of God. Amen? Do I got some kingdom carriers in here tonight? Amen. Amen. So we're just going to dive into this. And as you know and as I know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God on that subject. And so that subject tonight is, is simply this, kingdom of God's status. To, to raise the bar, to raise the level of our faith to where we can literally have faith to take our city. Well, that went over like a pregnant pole vaulter. Come on, somebody. To take your city. We're going to start passing out Red Bulls here in a second. Come on, help me out. Because this city's yours. And when you know who you have and what you are and what you can do with it, there's some things that are going to start shaking. There will be friction between the dark world and the light world. It's almost, come on, you know what it is? It's Star Wars. (laughs) They knew what they were doing. It's the dark side against the light side. Come on. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to dig into this tonight. We're going to go somewhere. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank You. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You what it does. I thank You that it goes deep into our hearts tonight, Father God, and that we get stirred up about the Kingdom of God and what it is for us. I thank You, Lord God, that I would not be seen or heard, but that Your Spirit would deliver impartations into the heart of this body. And that this body would begin to come up into their fullness, operating in the Kingdom of God. Father, I thank You tonight. You touch my lips. You touch my voice. And I humble myself, Father God, to be obedient and to yield to Your Spirit whatever direction You want to go. I thank You, Lord, that people will be set free, healed, delivered, sanctified, redeemed tonight, and that they would walk out of here delivering Your kingdom to a hurting world in this part of the country. Father, we love You so much. Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So, to know what we have is crucial And so tonight we're going to talk about kingdom characteristics. So here's some things. If you're writing, taking notes, I'm just going to name off a few things of what a kingdom is. Short term, really what it means is the dominion of a king. A dominion of a king. Isn't that interesting? Kingdom, dominion of a king. So when we talk about kingdom of God, who do you think that refers to? God having dominion on the planet. And if that dominion lives on the inside of us, guess who else has dominion? Us. That's exciting tonight. So a a kingdom has a king and a supreme ruler. Okay. How about this one? There's a territory. A king usually has jurisdiction and territorial rights to a region. So now, if I'm not mistaken, is this, um, what county is this? It is San Bernardino. That's a big county, yeah? I thought it was. So you're in San Bernardino County, which is regional. So because you live here and you're natives to this place, God has given you the kingdom of God to take your territory. So I like to say it like this. High Desert Word Center is just a, a portal or a supply unit for this area. Isn't that cool? So when God called pastors here, 
God had a plan long time ago about how the kingdom needed to operate in Barstow. The problem is churches have gotten kind of backpedaled a little bit. They've gotten into fear. They don't know their rights as a church. And so then what happens is the kingdom of darkness starts walking around and we can see it. It's called meth addicts. It's called people taking over the homeless camps. When you begin to start seeing darkness in a city, it's because the church hasn't taken their legal rights. Stop blaming Donald Trump for everything. Come on, somebody. I mean, hey, he's our president. Get over it by now. I mean, whoever's in there, it doesn't matter. That's why it's so important to vote right and to get godly people into office so we can take our legal right with this kingdom on earth. You following so far? So I'm just saying there's good news. The territory works for Barstow. It works for San Bernardino County. And get this. It works at your address. You need to start laying the bloodline down on your home. And this is my territory because the kingdom lives in you. Amen. So it's got a location. Territorial jurisdiction. How about this? There's subjects or citizens within this jurisdiction. That's us. Amen. And then I like this. Laws and forms of government through which the will of the supreme ruler is exercised. I'm going to do it again. Laws in a kingdom. Laws. There are laws and forms of government through which the will of their supreme ruler, in this case, God, his will is exercised through his kingdom. Now, that makes some fun stuff, because if we allow him and we yield to him and we yield to the kingdom of God, something starts to take place. Everything around us starts to change. Amen. I like to say it like this. The government of Jesus Christ was transferred to us through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? So when you became born again, something miraculous and supernatural happened on the inside of you. You became a kingdom carrier. And that means this, darkness can't be around you. You're not going to want to sin. You're not going to want to drink. You're not going to want to go clubbing. You're going to want to be in the kingdom you belong to. Amen? This cuts through race. This cuts through culture. This, we're the family, the kingdom of God. Amen. Come one, come all, whoever is a believer in this. And so that just simply puts this, that we got authority over Satan and his dark forces. And so if we learn to embrace this and we learn to use this, then things like the harvest fair next week or two weeks, whenever that is, three weeks. I don't know. I'm I'm all excited already. When you come to that event, we call it outreach and get this. It's a big outreach. This has been going on for a while. So how many know there's a lot of seed involved? A lot of territorial things have been happening. We, we, we put up tents. You guys do a bunch of stuff. I mean, I've heard about this thing. It's a huge event. How many know that's kind of like fishing with a net? It's a big catch. We're out there. We're being a blessing to the community. But how, how many know also Jesus taught his disciples to fish with a hook? So you can do one-on-one every day of your life, and then you can do the net stuff. That particular outreach is going to be somewhat of a net thing. So I encourage this church to pray 
like you do and you always do for what's going to happen at that place and be ready to lead some people to Christ because we want them here. This is the best church in town. Amen? Glory to God. There's an interesting scripture in Isaiah 9. We're setting just another layer of this about the kingdom. We're going to get to some things tonight because this power in this kingdom is in you. But Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 is really powerful. We kind of coin it as a Christmas scripture. And it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We know we're talking about Jesus now, amen? How about this? And the government, and the government shall be on his shoulder. Oh, that means the kingdom of God is riding our Messiah. Come on. He's in charge of this thing. And then it says, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Help me out. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We're talking about government. We're talking about jurisdiction. When you know uh, the word jurisdiction is a, a legal term. It's a, it's a legal term. That means you have jurisdiction. You have territorial rights or you have authority in that area. Amen. And so we're going to learn about this a little bit tonight. Go to John 4. I want to show you a story about how Jesus was trying to get his disciples and he was trying to show us through this chapter something about the kingdom of God. How many know Jesus came with natural stories, but there was always a spiritual connotation to it? Just love how he did this. And so in John 4, we know the story. It's the woman at the well. The woman at the well, Jesus ends up going out of his way to go to Samaria, a place he really shouldn't have go. Verse 4 of John 4, John 4, 4, it says, And he must needs go through Samaria. That just simply means he needed to go through Samaria. Verse 5, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat on the well, everybody say sat on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Verse 7 tells us this, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. Verse 8, for his disciples had left and were gone away into the city to buy meat. Or you could say it like this, they went to buy carna asada. Come on, somebody. Verse 9, then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asked to drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans? Jesus had the kingdom of God in him, and he broke two rules right out the gate. One being culturally, and one being gender. Jesus said, I don't care if you're a woman, I don't care if you're a male, I don't care if you're LGBTQT, MNLOP, whatever you are, I'm coming. The kingdom of God comes, it comes. When somebody's thirsty, it don't matter what they got on them, amen? 
Jesus is breaking cultural barriers, and he's going through this thing, and he's, he's getting interesting. Verse 10 says, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou only knew the gift of God and who it is that you're talking to, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of me, and you would have given me living water. Don't you feel like that sometimes? When you're at this church, you do your events and you do your outreaches, you just want to say, if you only knew. If you only knew that that free bag of popcorn and that hot dog and that soda that you're eating, if you only knew what was beyond the open doors, what happens on a Sunday morning in this place. You see, all it is is H2O, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, is a temporary fulfillment. Because you gotta have it again. You gotta have water every day or you're gonna die, I'm pretty sure. You maybe go two days, but around here maybe two hours, I don't know. <laughs> the beautiful part of this story is Jesus is saying it's not about the water, it's about the living water because one's temporary fulfillment, the other is eternal fulfillment. You've got a whole town that is sick and tired of a temporary fix. They want something. I'm preaching better than you're amen. And come on. I'm working hard right now. Because the living water will give you eternal fulfillment. Ain't nothing better. Can you imagine? Drinking of God's well and just sipping down some living water. Woo! Come on. Belly up to the Holy Ghost bar, boys. The drinks are on me. The old Irish jockey struck it rich. Come on, do you imagine that drink at a Holy Ghost bar? It's the top drink on the table. Give me another round. Living water, come on, now I'm talking to somebody. Because once you get a taste of living water, you ain't ever going back to just H2O, come on. It ain't about the taste, it's just something on the inside of it that gets you so fulfilled. You finally can say, I like church. I like ushering. In fact, I love it because I'm coming up. Jesus is dealing with this spiritual part. He's bringing the kingdom mindset in to, to live this thing. Check it out. So we keep reading here in verse, uh, let's see, let's go down to verse 11. The one said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence thou hast that living water. Where is that living water? I kind of almost think like she's kind of wanted it. She's kind of shaking her little, well, you don't got nothing to draw with. Where's your little cup? I don't know. I just see sass here. You know what I'm talking about? Like, who do you think you are talking to me? You're a Jew. <laughs> Where's your cup? This well's so deep. You got nothing. Then she busts out the religious card. Here's another barrier that's been broken. Verse 12. Art thou greater than our father Jacob? Which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. She's playing the card again. She's not quite understanding what's going on here. Jesus is trying to get her to realize, listen, if you would just listen... Take a hold of the living water, you're going to be fulfilled forever. Because obviously a little bit later, she wasn't fulfilled. She had five husbands or something or other. 
She was trying all sorts of different angles, if you know what I'm talking about. It wasn't working. She wasn't fulfilled. Jesus said this, whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, H2O. Verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him well of spring up of living everlasting water. How many know there's something bubbling tonight? The woman said unto him, sir, give me this water. Now she's getting interested that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus started reading her mail about her life. Then they began to have a conversation. Now she's beginning to believe that he's a prophet. She's like, he knows about me. Things are shaken up. And so now she starts a mini revival. Things are breaking out in the city. I want you to go down here to verse 38. Or 28, sorry, 28, 28. It says, The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to them, Men, come see this man. He told everything about me. Verse 30, Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile... Get this, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Verse 33, therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought Jesus something to eat? Verse 34, Jesus said unto them, My meat... <laughs> Did you kind of catch that? We're talking about water. Then all of a sudden the disciples were naturally hungry. They were out at McDonald's. They're, just, they're doing a quick trip over there. They're bringing back some food, and Jesus is trying to get his disciples to understand, I'm not hungry for the McDonald's. Because i got something I'm trying to deliver to this lady, and you guys keep bugging me with this Big Mac. I'm not hungry anymore, but what I'm trying to give her, listen up, guys, my meat or my dinner time is doing the will of him that sent me, because I'm about ready to deliver something that's going to last forever. That's what Barstow people need. Something that they can come to, get God in their lives, get the kingdom working for them. It will change your city in less than a year. You could actually get three, I'd say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if you get four on fire, radical kingdom minded people in less than a year, you could win this city. (laughs) That's how powerful the kingdom is. Because in the Bible, there was one miracle that broke out sometimes. The demoniac started, Jesus says, go tell everybody. Next thing you know, the whole city's on fire. It'll, it could take one miracle. It could take one miracle of living water. Wow. Say the kingdom's good. Say, I want the kingdom manifesting through me. So here we got this water, we got the food, Jesus is trying to break through that, and he's trying to stay focused. He's saying, I am not into that right now, but I'm into this. Verse 34, Jesus said unto them, my meat or my time is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. How many know that Barstow has work to finish? There has been a beginning, there is a middle, and there will be an end to what God wants to do here. And you just happen to be in the best church. Amen. Whoo, man. Just invite me to the party. Come on, I'm going to get in on this. Verse 35. 
And then I love this. We're going to start talking a little bit about harvest, and then we're going to keep moving on here. Just want you to see this. There's so many things in our lives that are temporary. Feel good for the moment. You know, uh, do it now, think about it later, that attitude. But I'm going to say with the kingdom of God, and as you begin to develop the sense of the kingdom, you'll never go back to the, the temporary stuff. Amen? All right, so it says 35. Say not ye, Jesus is talking, this is in red letters in my Bible, how about yours? Say not ye, or don't say, there are yet four months, and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. And look on the harvest fields or the fields for what does it say? They are white already to harvest. Now in Branson, I can honestly say I can look up and they're white. Maybe out here, look up. They're brown, baby. Come on. Black, yellow, red, wherever you're at, whatever color you are, that culture can be one for Jesus. All you are is a piece of bait. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm bait. Time to bait up. Say, it's time to bait up. Fields are white. Just means they're ready. Then it says, and he that reapeth receives wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Isn't that exciting? So you've got a sower and a reaper working together and we're supposed to be happy about it. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Verse 37, and herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I want, I want you to get this. I sent you, he's talking to his disciples, to reap that where you on bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you are entered into their labors. Perfect example is Brian Besser working with Pastor Bernie and Janice Sample. I have done nothing here for labor. I sow seed. I'm coming in. I'm blessing. I'm, I'm, I'm sowing with you. But the people that have been here for years, even the people before this, laid the groundwork. And all I'm doing is coming on in this thing going, Woo-wee! I'm in on the harvest. What's up? So that means wherever the kingdom of God is, where your feet are, look at your feet. Say, that's where my kingdom, the kingdom's right on my, it's in there. Wherever you go, you're entering into somebody's field. And it says the sower and reaper rejoices together. We're happy about that together. There's no territorial jurisdictions or no territorial boundaries in the kingdom. We're all in this together. That's why denomination just absolutely stinks. Because we build walls, we build fences, and we say, we do it this way, and we do it this way. How many know we're just about the Father's business, and we're going to get the harvest in no matter what cost it's going to take? Amen? Amen? Praise God. So that's that story. John 6, if you go a couple chapters over. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's, let's shift gears here, because that's a... That's a long story. Basically, what it's saying there is we went from water, McDonald's to bread. And Jesus is saying, don't just follow bread. Follow me because I'm the bread of life. Okay. If you read that chapter, you're going to get a lot. You're going to get out a lot of, you're going to get a lot out of that. Amen. So how do we unlock the kingdom of God? 
How many know keys are symbols of authority and access? When you have the key to your car, it starts it, it gets you where you want to go. Without that key, you can't go anywhere. Amen? On the same page, right? So here's Matthew 16, 19. I want you to get to look at this here real quick. It talks about the kingdom of heaven, and it's a major key in our faith life. We need to be aware of this. It says in uh, verse 19 of Matthew 16... Praise God. There's so much to this kingdom, I'll tell you. It is awesome. It says, and I will give unto thee, everybody say, give unto me, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> now, just not too long ago, Levi was getting his driver's permit, and so we've got our car and everything, and so he's all excited about getting his permit, and uh, so I knew what was going to come next. So he runs up to me and he says, Dad, can I have the keys to the car? Now, as a parent, you're excited and kind of nervous at the same time. Come on, somebody. You're like, okay, here we're going there, right? So as soon as I gave him the keys to the car, he, he was granted access to the vehicle. That's the earthly side of it. How about this thought? God Almighty, in this chapter and verse, is literally saying, here's the keys to something. I, and, and, I, and I think God's like excited and nervous at the same time. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. But he's a God that he should not lie and he's a God of promises. And he's saying, listen, I want my kids to have the keys that will unlock doors in their lives on planet Earth. Amen? So just think of it like that. Your daddy God is just going like this. Here they are. So here's what it says. And whatsoever, everybody say whatsoever, that's basically whatever, thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. That is, that is so deep. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Can somebody just say brain tilt right now? You have access to bind and loose. Huh. Here's the message version. Check this out. Jesus came back. He said, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get the answer out of books or from teachers. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I am going to tell you who you are, really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I'll put together my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. The kingdom of God is making the kingdom of darkness nervous right now. Right now. So what does this mean? Check this out. Bind. The word bind, it's a Greek word, deo. It means to bind and fasten. To put under a law or obligation to forbid or prohibit. Everybody say forbid. Or prohibit. Say prohibit. So that means when sickness tries to get on your body, you need to bind that thing up. When, when something comes on your finances and you start feeling the squeeze. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You feel a little pinch, little squeeze. You say, I bind up that thought. I forbid that thought of poverty to come, out, come upon me. My God shall supply 
all my needs according to his riches and glory. Praise God. He's a God of more than enough. You're binding. You're releasing the kingdom out of your mouth. Amen? And so it just means this too. An animal to prevent from straying around. How many know a straying animal is not a good thing? I was in Needles, California about three years ago and I wanted to go. I got real brave and I went out on a early morning jog. Let's just say it like that. I was getting my, my jog in. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm running, you know, down the street. The, 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 it's still dark. It's in the morning. And all of a sudden I hear this chain on the concrete. And I look up and about from here to that back row back there, there's a Rottweiler. Busted off his chain and he's kind of looking at me. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I kind of went like this. He kind of went like this. We were kind of having this little thing going on. And my knees were having a fellowship meeting with him. I'm, I'm telling you, I was inside. I'm just kind of nervous. And he starts getting a little closer. And you know what? That scripture come popping out of my spirit. And I, I took whatever was on the inside of me. I just looked at that thing and I said, stop right now. And that, it went, it took, a, it took off down the street and down the other way. Never to be seen again. Amen? Bound that thing up. I don't want no Rottweiler chewing on my leg. Amen? Straying around. To prevent from straying around. Binding. We're talking about binding up Satan in our lives. How about binding him up in our families? You know, our kids come home from the world system every day when they go to school. Barbara and I, even in a Christian school, we give Levi a bath. A spiritual bath. When he gets in the car, sometimes there's a there, you could cut the air a little bit. It's been a stressful day. And we just start praying in the Spirit. We start binding things up. You need to do that for your kids. They are on the front lines in these schools where they're not teaching about God. You know what I'm saying? It's the opposite. Take your authority and bind this stuff up. We're talking about the kingdom. Same kind of kingdom you're going to release in three weeks. On the people of your community. I like to say it like this. We need to put a private property sign on our front door. Just say no hunting, no trespassing allowed. Satan, you do not have access in my home. No more. Bind you up. I'm looking for some men, some fathers that are going to start doing this and say, no, I'm taking back my home. It might have to turn that other program off. We're allowing too much to come in. We're letting the world system get in. And we're still trying to be kingdom-minded. It doesn't work that way. We're going to have to start working on shutting some things off. Amen? Here's the word loose. Now we're talking about binding, loosing. Here's the loose part. Everybody go like this. It's time to get loose. Let's go. To loose any person or thing tied or fastened, to set free someone bound by bondages. That means this stuff works invisibly through your mouth. If you've got somebody right now struggling, you can loose them in the name of Jesus. Best example is Lazarus. They said, loose him and let him go. There are people in your territory that you can operate the kingdom of God on and begin to loosen the chains on them. All of heaven is upon that situation. Release from bonds. Set free. Discharge from prison. How about this? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Right? How about this? To demolish. 
destroy, to do away with, to break up. Be loosed. <laughs> Come on, practice it. Go after it. That was exciting. It's not hard, guys. Come on. Go for it. Get specific. Take a moment. Get your hands in the air. Come on. Declare something. Be loosed. I'm out. Finances. Loose up them finances. Ministering spirits. Go out. Get them. Gather. Get the spoils. It's time to loose. Yeah, see, we... We don't know the power we got under our nose. We're two inches away from our miracle. Right here. It's so powerful. We can do this every day, whenever we think about things. Just begin to loose it. But you can't talk from both sides of your mouth. You can't be loose in one minute and the other minute going, Oh, God, what am I going to do? No, you just loosed it. Go back over to the loose side. Loosed in the name of Jesus. Mm. Period. Exclamation point. Don't go back over there. Too many Christians are wishy-washy. They're vacillating between I'm victorious and I'm in fear at the same time. It don't work that way. We got to come up. We got to put exclamation points where the question marks are. Amen? It's loosing. It's loosing time. Father, we thank you. You're loosening some things. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you. Go to Acts 1.8. We're going to get into uh, the power of God. I love this. I'm just going to, while you're going to Acts 1.8, I'm going to say something about the kingdom here. The three areas the kingdom of God is exercised. It's go, come, and do. Get this. If it go, if it's go, it should go. Sickness. If you need it to come, you loose it. Finances. If you need something to be done, it will be done. Ministering spirits are released on your life. Amen? Praise God. Okay, so Acts 1-8. We're going to talk about the power of God here. And it says in Acts 1-8, But ye shall receive power... But he say power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. What's really cool about this is Acts 1 8 is talking about power for something. Can anybody tell me what that would be in this scripture? Yes. I heard somebody say witness, right? So to be a witness with the kingdom of God in you, the Lord knew and he was so smart that you were going to need power to do it. Because how many of you know it can be a little intimidating out in the marketplace? Now, for me, it's not. I'm crazy enough to embrace weird, strange, unusual, and abnormal behavior, so I'm attracted to it. I'm like, bring it on. Where's it at? Yep, over there. That looks good. But for most of us, because there's a grace there. Not everybody's wired the same. But what I'm saying is, in the in the community and in places we go, sometimes it's it's um, intimidating to share Christ. 
And Satan gets us into a place of fear of rejection. And he bottles us up with fear to the point of that we begin to become robots. In other words, we drive our car, we go to Starbucks, we go in, we never look up, we never think about the kingdom, and we do this religiously and ritually every, every day. But how many of you know, to have miracles and to want miracles going through, you're going to have to start expecting them. Amen? So you have to have the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you to be able to do that. And He's right there to help you every time. Amen? All right, so I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. We're just going to keep going. Hallelujah. Got some kingdom carriers in here tonight. Some viral people, I'm going to tell you. 2 Corinthians 5.17. A lot of people think that it's only for preachers or people that are called of God, but we're just breaking the dam on that tonight. Amen? This is for everybody. Everybody can get involved with this. So I love this. When you became born again, guess what you became? You became a new creature. You've got new creature status. That means you're not borrowed. You're not repaired. You still got the new car smell. Come on, somebody. You're absolutely brand new. Your spirit's brand new. But you still got a flesh and a mind. You're battling every day. And that's why it's so important to read your word. Get transformed, man. Get this thing on your head. Get it in your heart. Get it coming out of your mouth. Because if it doesn't get to that point, you're going to get sifted like wheat. So it just says simply this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Aren't you glad? Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us. Here we go. Here's your ministry. You are going to get engrafted and called into the ministry right now. You are going to give, be given the ministry of reconciliation. Everybody take your right, right hands, have it go up. Say, I hereby take the oath as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, a minister of reconciliation. I am now in the body of Christ as a kingdom carrier. I do hereby solemnly swear. The next time I'm at Starbucks, I will cast out devils. <laughs> I will, <laughs> I, come on, get it up, get it up, get it up. I will lay hands on the sick. I will watch them recover. Signs will follow me. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Super duper. Hey. So you might be asking, what does reconciliation mean? What is that? Reconciliation simply means this. You're bringing people back to favor with God. Isn't that a beautiful ministry you have? That you have the ability to bring a lost person back into favor with God. The favor they've lost. The hopelessness that they're experiencing. You get to be the middleman. You get to be the conduit of bringing that to them. Isn't that exciting? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.